he tried to slash my stick out of my hands a second beforehand. He talks all game, you know. So, ask him to fight. Doesn't want to fight. He'll tell you that he's asked me to fight for years. I don't say no. So, there's not much of a, an argument there. But I didn't look to, you know, I wasn't trying to give him a shot. Replay probably looks a little bit worse than, than it was meant to be, but it is what it is. It took 30 punches on the ground. And when I get up, they don't let me do what I got to do. So, it's whatever. Is there, is there a history there with you guys? No, there's no history because he doesn't oh. want there to be a history. I'm ready to go whenever. So, it is what it is. Okay, so that's Tucker Carlson describing the events of January the 6th. Oh, no, wait. That was Tony D'Angelo pointing out how in everything that we saw yesterday between the Philadelphia Flyers and Tampa Bay Lightning, um, Anthony D'Angelo and the part of Corey Perry that is most a man, the victim in all of it is actually him. And perhaps it should be Corey Perry and the part of him that is most a man who should be having the hearing with the NHL, not poor Tony D'Angelo. Okay, so the Philadelphia Flyers have had a really tough season. And I know we've talked a lot about the Philadelphia Flyers on this show. We've talked a lot about the Philadelphia Flyers on the podcast. We're going to talk more about the Philadelphia Flyers today at the bottom of the hour, as a matter of fact, with Charlie O'Connor of The Athletic. He covers the Flyers, and Elliot Friedman's going to weigh in on what happened here in a couple of moments as well. This has been an awful season for the Philadelphia Flyers. From stem to stern, there's been controversy, disappointment, losses, unfulfilled expectations, injuries, controversy, and the season's not even close to done for the Philadelphia Flyers yet. And on top of it all, like when you consider everything that happened this year for the Flyers on and off the ice, on March the 7th, in a season that has gone horribly awry, where things like Rangers fans invading the rink and celebrating a big win, which we have never seen before in Philadelphia. Shocker of all shockers. The Philadelphia Flyers have to put up with that that we saw yesterday. A spear to the nuts. After all of it. And there's John Tortorella, who's got to talk about it. And there's Philadelphia Flyers fans who have to go, really? Put it over there. The upswing of all of it, and this wasn't lost on a lot of people last night. Somehow, somehow, Tony D'Angelo was able to find a way to make Corey Perry a sympathetic character. Just think about that for a second here. Corey Perry, who at times has been villain number one, number one enemy around the NHL of how many other players and teams. Somehow, he came out of last night a sympathetic player. And again, Flyers fans are left to say, put it over there. On the list of things that have gone horribly wrong for the Flyers this season, here's another. Just put it over there. Elliot Friedman coming up here in a couple of moments. Uh, I mentioned that Charlie's going to stop by at the bottom of the hour. Covers the Flyers for The Athletic. Greg Wyshynski of ESPN um, coming up an hour or two for MVSW, uh, our weekly chat with uh, Greg Wyshynski. You had a really interesting Q&A with Brad Marchand. I, I think it's impossible to have a conversation with Brad Marchand that's not interesting. 
or at least enraging to some. And in true Brad Marchand fashion, um, this one is for a lot of fan bases and a lot of cities. And that's totally cool. Um, that's all coming up. And the random player of the day is coming up on today's program as well. We do have a lot to get to, including some of the QODs. And I say this knowing full well what the responses are going to be, but some of the responses were interesting. And the question of the day is, which is the angriest fan base in the NHL right now? I knew it was going to come down to a battle. It was going to be a three-way dance, as they used to say in the old ECW promotion. It was going to be a three-way dance between the two teams in the Keystone State and the NHL team in British Columbia. And as Ben submits, quite humorously, as everybody is saying, Philly, 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 eh, smattering of Pittsburgh, 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 Ben submits... Vancouver does not concede the title of angriest fan base to the Flyers in brackets, but we do empathize. With that, let's kick it off. Welcome to the Jeff Merrick Show today. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Pretty exciting um, slate of action last night around the NHL. And I hope you had a chance to watch. Although, I'm sure if you're just looking at the out-of-town scoreboard, you're saying to yourself, yeah, I'm not going to flip over there. But Calgary-Dallas was a really good game and a game full of drama and a game full of intrigue. Um, And I know it's 0-0 and you're thinking, why am I flipping over there? Well, you should have flipped over there if you didn't because I don't know if he's back, but that was a great game by Jacob Markstrom. There are just some times, whether you cheer for the Calgary Flames or not, that if you're like me, you just cheer for players and you want to see you know, good things happen to good people um, and you want to see players shake out of their funk and return to some type of glory. Jacob Markstrom was outstanding last night for the Calgary Flames. one nothing shootout win. Tyler Toffoli again, by the way, with the heroics, but there was a Jared Spurgeon overtime goal that was returned as everybody had to scramble back. And I don't know about you, but the first thing I thought of is... What if that's a Stanley Cup goal (laughs) and everybody gets called back and there's confetti on the ice and the celebrations begin and, and, oh, wait a minute here, that goal just got called back. One of the things we'll talk about here with Elliot Friedman of 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Fridge. Have you found a place for the new mirror in your house? I'm looking right in it now, and man, I like what I see. (laughs) <laughs> for those who weren't with us yesterday two things happened one i cut myself shaving and two elliot bought a, a new mirror for his house so he could admire himself um <laughs> at his uh at his palatial estates uh i, I want to get to the flames in the wild yesterday because yeah. i was mentioning like if you're looking at the out-of-town scoreboard you're probably saying why am i why do i want to tune into a zero zero game well there are a lot of reasons uh to tune into that one and a couple of other things to get to as well but you know off the top of the show i played the clip uh of tony d'angelo um, where I, I don't know in what kind of reality he was trying to justify, you know, spearing Corey Perry and, as we like to say, the part of him that is most a man, but there it was. Uh, there'll be a hearing for Tony D'Angelo, and I was, you know, mentioning as well off the top, Elliot, it's just been a pile of trouble for the Philadelphia Flyers, and now they have to add, dramatic pause, this incident. Your thoughts on what we saw? You know, if, I don't know if you watched the uh, highlights of the Raptors game in Denver the other night, but when when Scotty Barnes gets thrown out, uh, you can see the other referee, not Scott Foster, who does the ejection, but the other referee, and I, I don't know what his name was, 
Like, the look on his face is hilarious. Like, what? We just threw this guy out? And if you watched the mm-hmm. D'Angelo Spear last night, um, you know, you can see some of the reactions of the other flyers. They're like, what? Like, what just happened here? Um, look, I know a lot of people don't like Corey Perry, but sorry, you can't do that. Like, that's not – you can't do that. And he's going to – I mean, it's very rare that somebody gets a hearing and isn't suspended. So I think it's very safe to say yeah. that D'Angelo is going to get suspended, and he deserves it. Like, he can't do that. It's it's that simple. Uh, it is. Like, it's a it's an open-shut case. But, too, you know, one, one of the points that I think are particularly salient, I'm going to talk to Charlie O'Connor about this at the bottom of the hour. We're not going to spend too much time on the Flyers here right now. But, you know, this is just like a laundry list. Like, the teams have these seasons where everything goes wrong off on the ice, everything goes wrong off the ice, there's controversy. And now, as a you know, you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan, maybe you're still reeling from that Rangers game when the fans invaded to say nothing of, you know, yeah. various other things that have gone on with the Flyers this year. And you're just like, you know, just you just want it to stop. Like, you just want to well, stop getting speed bagged. Like, I feel, as a Flyer fan, you must feel like, here's another thing we got to deal with. <laughs> like people are, uh, it's funny. Like I got, I got, a, I got a, a funny exchange on DMs yesterday with uh, with a flyer fan, a couple of them actually, and they're like, "You don't realize how angry we are." And I'm like, "Actually, yes, I do. This is a, absolutely no surprise to me." Um, you know, I, I said to that person, "Obviously, I'm not as emotionally invested." as you are, which I totally get. You're obviously a huge fan of the team. But I kind of look at it as as you do, is that I think is that change is coming here. And I think that everybody in the organization kind of realizes it. I think that and and maybe and maybe the Flyers fans it's not happening fast enough for their liking. Although I have to tell you, yeah. I've begun to wonder if the reaction of the last week could accelerate things. Um, but I do think change is coming. And so I kind of look at it like it's, it's going to happen. There are, you know, some players whose contracts are up, they won't be back. And I do think they're going to make moves this off season. And I think it's possible that they have um, some changes in their hockey ops too. I, I don't know at this point in time. But I kind of look at it as I, change is coming. It's like Thanos. It's, it, it's inevitable. And, uh, you know, I understand why the Flyer fans are mad. I don't have any problem with it. I just, I, I just look at it as it's coming. And they're like, it's not coming fast enough. We want to see it now. And I, and I get it. That's how fans are. <laughs> But you know what? That's how Philadelphia Flyers fans are. That's how they've been conditioned. Because when Ed Snyder was alive, that's it. It was instant results because Mr. Snyder wouldn't stand for this. Like, right away. Like, you remember, like, the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup in 2011. Uh, Snyder's like, damn it, we need a goaltender. Who's the best available goaltender? Um, Ilya Brzezgalov. Damn it, pay him $60 million, bring him in here. Like, that was Snyder. And that was the Flyers. Like, yeah. Like that's that's how it always worked for the Philadelphia yes. Flyers, and now you're asking this fan base that had Ed Snyder as the owner to be patient. Ed Snyder was patient for nothing. This is this is how the the fan base has been conditioned. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's and, and it's harder to do now, which is the challenge. Like in a cap world, it's it's especially like you know people forget Jeff. The cap consistently rose for the first several years of the cap system. 
Like yeah. people at the beginning, yep. you got two compliance buyouts and then the cap kept rising and, and people looked at it like, oh, we're never going to have problems here. Well, now all of a sudden the cap is flattened out and um, yeah. there's less flexibility and it's harder to just buy your way out of trouble. But I completely agree with you. Like I, I remember one agent told me he had a client. And uh, he said that he was the Philadelphia was interested, and the the agent kept on saying to his player, "We're gonna we're gonna push them." And the player's like, "Are you sure this won't blow up in our face?" And he said, "Look, they want you. You're one of the best available players. They're, it's the Flyers. They're they're gonna pay for you." And they did. And the player was like, "Every it totally turned out to be right." And like, as a fan, I would love that. Like, I would totally love that. It's like the Yankees, man. Like, in the Steinbrenner era, yeah. they were going out and they were buying the best team. And if you didn't like that, too freaking bad. That's just who we are. And uh, I think it's tougher to do that now for all the reasons we just talked about. And I agree with you. They're conditioned to, to solving that problem. But I, I do think there are going to be changes. So I just kind of look at it as yeah. it's an inevitability and – I just think the Flyers fans want to see it already. That's all. I I, I get it. Okay, off the Flyers page here. Um, yeah. Something I want <laughs> I want to I want to put this out there because I I just want to hear your reaction. Like I'm going to get to okay. Calgary and, and the Minnesota Wild here in a couple of seconds. I just want to hear your reaction. So I got a tweet um, uh, earlier today. Actually, I think you're tagged on it um, from a guy by the name of Chris Nova, C Nova 26, who says this. Okay. God, this is funny. But although we've seen it before, uh, you know, uh, Tim Murray, if you're listening somewhere, we're winking at you right now. With trade deadline over, how long yeah. until we see a player held out for, quote, lottery-related reasons? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I would love to see that press release. Uh, John Gibson is being held from held out from tonight's Anaheim Chicago game for lottery related reasons. Have you seen what Connor has been doing? I have to say that that's pretty hilarious. Um, I, I remember first year the the Raptors did that with Damon Sotomayor was rookie of the year. They sat him for the last seven games because they were winning too many games. They beat the Chicago yeah. Bulls at home with Michael Jordan. And all of a sudden, the next game, it was like, okay, Damon's out for the rest of the year. Need tendonitis. Need to lose some more games. It was crazy. <laughs> Listen, Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, Eddie Johnson, when they're oh, going yeah. for Mario Lemieux in the draft, those the games against the New Jersey Devils, right? Like, it's the third-string goaltender who's playing. Like, uh, there is kind of a history of this. I, I just wanted to put well, that I, I think the only I thing you have to, to look at is, are you screwing over someone's performance bonus? Like, I, I guess that's the only thing you'd have to be – aware of there right right um but there is a there is a tradition of whether they announce it as well, yeah. related reasons or not there uh there is that tradition okay um first of all we talked on the show yesterday about this real tough back-to-back -to -back for the calgary flames dallas and yeah. home minnesota who's rested i like I've said this before. I don't mind a 0-0 game. I'm cool with that as long as they're scoring chances and, and wonderful moments. And the wonderful moments, uh, moments yesterday were delivered, well, Tyler Toffoli in the shootout. But before that, man, I was really happy for Jacob Markstrom. Man, that was a great game by Jacob Markstrom last night. one nothing is, uh, is the final. There was a disallowed uh, overtime goal. 
uh, Jared Spurgeon scores and they go to video review and everyone's got to come back out from the room and, you know, they're putting yeah, the equipment funny. back onto the bench. And I'm thinking, man, if that was a Stanley Cup final goal, how would we be feeling about this? But nonetheless, it's a, a conversation, I guess, for another day. Your thoughts on what we saw yesterday, maybe starting with Jacob Markstrom. Well, I, I mean, obviously it was, it was huge for Markstrom. Uh, he's, it's been a lost year for him. And like the math is not good for Calgary, but you and I are in agreement. We want to see races. And at least, you know, I think we all thought they were, they were done, done, done after the game on Saturday when they lost to Minnesota. The great camera work of, uh, of the bench, like just the faces, the thousand-yard yeah. stares on the, on the Calgary players' faces. Um, just what a phenomenal shot that was by the, by the camera crew and the director. Um you know, for them to put together those two wins back-to-back, I mean, I bet you most people thought they were going to get killed. And, and they won in two very yeah. tough places to play. Um, it's, it's enormous for them. I mean, like I said, the math isn't good, but at least they're in it. And, you know, they're going to be, it's going to be wild because they're going to be rooting for Minnesota tonight uh, in Winnipeg on Wednesday night hockey. So, I mean, this is a huge yep. game for the Jets this evening. You know, on the goal... When I first saw it, I didn't think there was a way it wasn't going to count. Um, even the, you can even see the flames on the bench; like they look like ah, this is over. They're running the sticks in. Yeah. Guys are probably in the shower already. Um, you know, I, I take my cue on this one from Dean Evison because Dean Evison is the kind of guy who, if he disagrees with a call, Jeff, it's 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 not really hard to read his mind. Like you don't need to be, yep. you know. The, uh, Zoltan the Magnificent or whatever that guy was from Big <laughs> that um, yeah. to figure out what Dean Emerson's thinking and the fact that he agreed with the call like I guess that you know the difference is um, uh, Beauvillier for the Canucks he kept the puck and Spurgeon passed it but you know the one thing is yeah. that I just hope we're consistent right um, if that's the way it is put it down and say if you want to turn around and spin backwards over the line, you better not pass it. You can keep it, and that's okay, but you better not pass it. Like, yeah. like I watched that goal in the uh, Islander, the one that won the game for the Islanders last night by fashing, and after the Manjapani goal this year in, 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 in New York at Madison Square Garden, I have to say, Jeff, I am completely confused by kicking. Like, people say to me, do you think that's a goal? And I'm like, honestly, I am completely confused by kicking. But if you want to tell me that spinning is okay as long as you keep possession, it's not okay if, if, if you make a pass, I think we can all live with mm-hmm. that as long as we all know that's consistent. See, that's interesting because to me the Hudson fashion goal was you know, maybe the easiest review of the night or the easiest, one of the easiest reviews that I've seen in a while. Like he's turning his leg to knock the puck down. That's not like I'm directing the puck in here. Now, I, know, I just I know, think, now, like, after, after Japani and Coleman last year in the playoffs, I admit, I have no idea. No idea. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing, and this is a free idea, and I really should be, you know, texting Steve Mayer about this and saying, hey, here's, here's <laughs> an idea for a show that I, w- that, I, that I think would really help fans, and I think it would be an interesting TV show. Maybe I shouldn't put it out there publicly. Someone's going to grab it and run with it if they think it's a good idea. I really do think that there is room 
for a, I don't know if it's weekly, I don't know if it's online, I don't know where you put this thing, a weekly game show about rules in hockey. And it's it's hosted by an NHL official, and it's all like, okay, what's, and essentially you just call it, what's the call, right? We used to kind of do this with, with Brian Burke on, our, uh, on the Wednesday night show. Uh, when we all worked together and we would do uh, Brian Burke's first call because that was like the establishment call and that was going to be the standard for the whole Yes, thing. yes. I really do. Th- and, I th- and, I, and, I, and I think, Elliot, it would be educational for fans because essentially you're doing, you're taking the case book and you're saying, okay, this is why this call was made. This is why that call was made. And you put it to, like, I love putting it to a panel of players. Because when, you know, like I've always maintained, you know, how many players really know the rule book? Like you understand the basis of of how things, how things work in the game, but to really understand it like an official does, that's tough. But I've always thought that there's a, there's a game show in here about NHL rules. Make it a half an hour weekly, throw it up at NHL.com. I don't know. Who knows? We can get inventive and do it here at Sportsnet. Who knows? Um, I've just felt that that would that would satisfy two. I think Netflix should sign this up. I I think Netflix should sign this up, Jeff, because it's going to be bigger than Squid Game. (laughs) Okay, we get ahead of ourselves there. I I just think that it would be a amusing and b educational. Um, A couple of more things from last night. Um, I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about Miko Rantanen. And yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to ask about the the ring thing. Although, if you want to have a throw your two cents in on that one, I think I know where you stand. Which is, yeah, that's fine, and I'm kind of the same way. No problem. I thought it was kind of creative and kind of funny. I know ranting and kind of sideways sideways apologize for it. Um, but this has been an intriguing year for the Avalanche. Uh, defending is always tougher. It's harder to stay there than get there. Um, injuries all season to Landeskog, Kale McCarr, Josh Manson, Valeri Nachushkin, Bowen Byram. It's been a tough year. And through all of it, two things. Um, Nathan McKinnon has been outstanding and elite. No surprise there. And he's gotten a lot of oxygen, a lot of the conversation around him. You know, Miko Rantanen scored again last night. He's got 42 goals and 73 points. He he's one of the quietest. He's not going to get much MVP nod here. I mean, if it's going to be Colorado, it's going to be Nathan McKinnon. I don't know what the question is attached to this, other than, you know, Miko Ranton is really underappreciated, and I think this season more so than any other season, you can really notice it. Your thoughts on Miko Ranton and Colorado? Well, I, I don't disagree with you uh, at all in any way, shape, or form. And I, I do agree with you. The Hart Trophy debate is over. You know, we all know who's going to win it. Yeah, it, it, it's over. And, um, you know, he's been so good, McDavid, that he's pushed a lot of other really good seasons uh, into the netherworld. And, and he's won. Like, like I'll say, I think another player who deserves some uh, heart talk in, in any other year would be Jack Hughes. Um, I, I think he's had uh, a phenomenal season. I think Pasternak, like everybody knows who else we're talking about yeah. here. Um, it's just lost in McDavid's dominant season. Um, you know, I, I think the Avalanche, uh, I think Ratton has had a dynamite year, obviously. I think he's a great player. Um, I think that the guys, like you mentioned, who've had great years at times where the team has been held together by duct tape, uh, I think it's very, very impressive. Like, And, and I think Ratton is one of them. I think he's had a phenomenal year. And, 
like you said, Jeff, I don't think he has any reason to walk back that ring thing. I think it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and he's got no reason to apologize for it. But you know, fans loved it. They probably loved that Ranton acknowledged totally. him and, and did that. Like, I, I think it's great. But, you know, the one thing for me, you know, I was listening to Jared Bednar the other day. And he's basically talking about, I don't know about Landis Gog. And I don't like to overreact. I think things can always, uh, you never know how this is going to go. But for the first time, I think I saw a little bit of concern uh, from the Avalanche that they don't know how this is going to go here with him. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. He's my favorite player in the NHL, and I'm not interested in hearing this. We're going to turn the conversation to Eric Carlson. We're going to turn the conversation to Eric Carlson. From, yeah, exactly. Stop talking about Gabriel Landeskog. Don't hear you. He's going to be fine. Everything's okay. Landeskog's great. Um, I know he got stuck in, you know, up around the face yesterday. I get it. Um, but we saw like a rare outburst of anger slash emotion from Eric Carlson that we're not used to seeing. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can find the clips uh, online. Like San Jose got caved in last night. It was a tough one for the Sharks. Colorado just all over him. It was, you know, 4 nothing before you could say Jack the Bear. Um, Newhook catches uh, Carlson up high at the point with his stick. Uh, Carlson's disgusted. There's not a high-sticking call. And he throws his helmet and gets an unsportsmanlike uh, penalty for his actions. Very un-Eric Carlson-like. And I don't know whether I want to go, you know, big picture. This is a metaphor for how he feels or just say that, you know what, it's in the moment. He's frustrated. He's pissed off. So he chucked his helmet it's just that it's so uncharacteristically like it's it's not eric carlson like it's totally out of his character to do that we know all about the talk with the edmonton oilers this year um i i i believe that there was at least one other team that engaged san jose seriously about eric carlson we'll see how the field opens up in the off season did you look at that carlson situation last night and say eh he's just reacting to the new hook high stick or was it that just an accumulation of the season and maybe in his mind he was hoping he'd be playing elsewhere at this point? Uh, I, I think it's probably a combination of all that. Like, if you take a look at San Jose, we've had two major blow-ups in recent days for people who don't really have a history yeah. of it, right? Um, you know, by the yeah. way, do you not think it's kind of weird that there's been no, like, announcement on Quinn? yes. Yes, I thought for sure he was getting something, a fine, like something. I'm, yes. I'm really surprised. Like, like I, I am too. Like, again, I kind of look at everything that has to do with. Um, uh, I kind of look at everything in the lens of who does get fined, and, and if you take a look at some of the people who've gotten fined before. I don't think there was a lot of now. I'm like I don't want David Quinn saying oh, that guy's trying to cost me fifty thousand dollars. I'm just surprised <laughs> by it. Um, yeah. You know, Quinn did say last night that he and Dwyer had a conversation and they sorted it out, which is the way I generally prefer it. Let two adults figure it out, and it, I think there's something that had to be sorted out there because if you read Quinn's lips, you know he's basically saying you've had it in for me. So I think in that situation. Yes. You do have to sort it out. That's... But there was another one last night, too, uh, Jeff. I don't know if you saw it, but in the in the Seattle-Anaheim game, Vince Dunn got an unsportsmanlike penalty from the bench. He was cut. There was head contact. 
and he went and he was furious about it. And the and the official didn't make a call on the contact, but they did from the bench, and he got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So I don't know if this is all just coincidence, or are the players and the coaches uh, having some bigger than re- normal issues with the officiating? And like the GM meetings are next week, and you never know if this is like a burst or it's a, a symptom of a bigger problem. But I'm going to be curious to ask about that. Let me uh, let me end on this one here. As much as we are, you know, looking at the Ottawa Senators story, and they just dropped a tough one of the Chicago Blackhawks, we all know that, or the Buffalo yep. Sabres story, and now they've lost four of their last five and dropped a tough one to the Islanders last night. We're looking for these races and some jockeying of position. The Islanders and Penguins are wrecking it for anyone who wants a fun chase here. So the Islanders win last yep. night. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're down four. Like, how many times have you said this year with the Pittsburgh Penguins, okay, they're down four, close-up shop, like, that. that's it, just get the guys to the warm towels. Big comeback by the Penguins against the Blue Jackets yesterday. They win 5-4 in overtime. Surprise, surprise, Sidney Crosby is the hero. And it's more signs of life from the Pens. Yeah, uh, I have to say that uh, I... I, the Islanders are amazing to me because I really thought with Barzell out that they were going to be in big trouble, and they can. And it's almost like, like the Islanders are almost a team to me. It seems like they need some sort of trouble to reestablish their identity. Oh no, we're we're in big mm-hmm. trouble now. Wait a sec, let's remember who we are and what we do really well. Like it almost sounds like they can't handle prosperity. You know, things are good for them. Uh oh, we start losing. <laughs> things are bad for us. Uh oh. Here we, we dig in and we start winning. Yeah. Um, you know, I all I want is a great race, and we're getting it. And, you know, we talk about people who aren't getting talked about for the MVP. Crosby's another one of those guys. Again, we all know who's going to win it, but Crosby quietly yeah. has had a great season. And, boy, that was a... That was a huge one from Pittsburgh last night. It it was like the Islander crowd a couple of weeks ago when they when they beat Pittsburgh. They're at home. They're losing. The yeah. fans are killing them. They come back to win. Everybody's happy. Last night, the Penguins. They're losing to Columbus. The fans are killing them, and they come back and they win, and everyone's happy. Like it's sports is the best, man. It's the absolute best. It's almost as if winning is a perfume. Wow, who knew that winning makes people happy? There you go. Um, awesome. Thanks, Frege. Uh, I don't know what your shop, what vanity item you're shopping for today, but best of luck finding what you're searching for. Well, thank, I've been looking for 52 years. If I'm not going to find it, I'm not, I'm not going to get it now. <laughs> there he goes, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts at Hockey Night in Canada.